This episode, the truth about sex, what the world has to say about it, and what God tells us about it by means of our very bodies. All that and more, The Catholic Underground starts right now. You have hit the play button on The Catholic Underground. We are a podcast cutting through the noise and bringing you the topics that matter. It's episode number 446. <laughs> For those of you keeping score at home, I'm Father Chris Decker, a priest of the Diocese of Baton Rouge here in beautiful, sweltering Louisiana. Mm-hmm. It's only May and it's sweltering. Um, but that's okay because Kathleen is always cool. Kathleen Lee joins us. I thought you were going to say Kathleen is always sweltering. And I was like, oh, also true. <laughs> also true. I would never I might I could, say. You probably would. But I would I'm, sweat in a snowstorm. It's yeah, fine. It's true. fine. But it's we're true. happy that you're here. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, and no matter what temperature your forehead is. Thank you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, also here, Sarah Denny. Sarah is uh, joining us uh, as uh, as Olivia's stand-in because Olivia is on assignment tonight. Big shoes to fill. Yeah, I tell you. But uh, we'll learn more about Sarah in just a moment. But first, we have to go up to the Jeffstar 1 near-Earth orbit satellite, which is merrily blipping and blooping along in <laughs> low-Earth orbit. <laughs> Jeff Blackwell is our technical director. Hey, Jeff. And, and, and in control of the bloops, by the way. Uh, That's true. Uh, as long yeah. as the bloops bloop and blip in and out of sequence properly, then we're happy. There, we are in sync, Father. That's exactly right. Uh, also, video is in sync by way of Ed Ball, who is in the ball pit, we yes. call it. You see. <laughs> I like how you say that. I <laughs> was, clever. I was, about to th- I was trying to throw in some in sync references, but... Oh, did I, I, did, I oh. <laughs> did I somehow oh, make guys. a 90s reference? Oh, okay. Yes, 13-year-old yeah. me went, <laughs> yeah. JT? <laughs> Lance Bass? All I can say is bye, bye, bye. Bye, 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 bye. bye, bye. I know. Mm. Now I have dated myself. That's yeah. okay. Right. Well, I'm solo, but I can do that. Welcome so the uh, there we go. All right. Uh, so, Sarah, Denny, um, well, we figured since we've got you here at the table mm-hmm. that uh, that we just kind of give the table to you, um, you know, for, you. for the episode. Yeah, very generous. Because, because, Sarah, uh, you join us from um, really quite a life lived in a very short period of time. Mm-hmm. I have been blessed to have traveled a lot and learned a lot in my yeah. you know, 32 years of living. So. so so Sarah, at 32 years of life, mm-hmm. um, is <laughs> is a doctoral candidate. Yes, I am. And uh, I know, right? Yeah. And so, and so what what's the, the doctoral candidate in? Like in? what's, yeah, what is the... So the field of study is, yeah. so I'm actually studying bioethics, which okay. is, for the listeners, it's medical ethics. So... Mm-hmm. The reason why I chose this field is because I love I love the idea of integration, mm-hmm. um, and it's a field that integrates biology, philosophy, medicine, mm-hmm. you know, um, but also the philosophy and theology of the church, and then the law. Mm-hmm. So um, I've taken some law classes, some biology classes, philosophy, theology, all this. But my particular focus is actually women's health. So oh, okay. I also am a trained um, fertility care practitioner with mm-hmm. the Creighton model. So. In short, I teach women how to chart their cycles. Yeah. Um, and then for several years, I also taught high school girls. And then yeah. I worked as a campus minister in our college campus. So I'm trying to bring all of that to my paper in presenting my topic. Oh, yeah. fantastic. Yeah. And, and as you say, bioethics is one of those fields that has a lot of beautiful little tendrils. Ooh, you know, yeah. if bioethics, yeah, if it's a, if it's a, a squid, then there are many tendrils that, uh, <laughs> yeah, that form there it, are. you know. There yeah. are. I mean, that's, that's the beauty of the field, and it's also the most humbling aspect to this field mm-hmm. is that sometimes I sit back and I'm, I'm remembering like, oh, I'm getting a PhD in bioethics. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I feel like I know nothing. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't say that to, 
to like make fun. It really sure, is yeah. like the field is constantly yeah. changing and growing because mm-hmm. the reality is it involves science and right. medicine. And right. every single day there are intelligent people around the globe right. that are making incredible discoveries, mm-hmm. right? Especially um, related to the human body. Right. And so that's really kind of beautiful too to think that that as we study the sciences and especially the the, the physical sciences and, and the science of our bodies, our biology, mm-hmm. that there are still mysterious things. Mm. That, that are being revealed about who Absolutely. we are and how we see ourselves as persons. Yeah. And it's, it's really interesting that God didn't just simply pre-install us with everything that we need to know. Yeah, it's not on the hard drive. Can't yeah. like just search that file and exactly. find it. Or maybe he did pre-install it, right, in original innocence. Mm-hmm. Although I have a feeling there still would have been, now this is speculative. Oh, I like your speculation, right. <laughs> keep going. But I suspect that, that God would still, because we are created in time, have desired to unfold the beauty of our bodies yeah right because so, there's something created like a participation in mm-hmm. his creativity as you discover yeah there's the miracle, an unfolding but it needs to be right. human and even in the even in the garden um there was an unfolding of god's presence to Absolutely. adam and eve they they had a concrete i mean original innocence is they have a concrete understanding of this is god and this he is creator and we are creatures mm-hmm. but there is still something that happens in a timeline yeah you know and so if you look at how original sin kind of pops into the picture and all of a sudden, the things that, that were being unfolded in due course now are, are mysteries that have to be revealed mm. in perhaps maybe a different yeah. key, but the same symphony. Absolutely. You know? Um, yeah. Hmm. I don't know. I, I, I can't teach the course, but I, I do find it interesting for sure. So I suppose it's worth asking, how does one come to say, I think I'm going to go into the field of bioethics? Like, Great question. Yeah. Where does that come from? So because that would be atypical, I would think. Yes. In today's I, I mean, I was not five years old or even 10 years old thinking, I would like to study bioethics one mm-hmm. day. But I did grow up. So my, my mother is a nurse anesthetist in labor and delivery. Okay. Um, so she's been involved in women's health her entire life, or at least my entire life mm-hmm. that I've known her, which is my entire life. And um, I just think medicine and hospitals are just such a, a place of meeting people um, yeah. and encountering Christ, really, yeah. in everyone, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I grew up with a particular love and knowing that I was going to work with women one day. Mm-hmm. I was interested, so I was, I was pre-med, um, and actually my first year of college, I took a women's studies class, and on the first day of class, we had to go around the room, and we had to say our name, our biological sex, and our gender. Now, this was the spring of 2008, so mm-hmm. now that might seem even more, like, it's less shocking, but then I was like, wait, what? That's right, women's yeah. studies Like, that's and not woman. self-evident, right, and yeah, I was like, right, I'm yeah. a woman, I'm female, duh. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I learned that class was probably maybe the most important class I've ever taken in the sense that it taught me there's always a bridge mm-hmm. and there's always a reason to listen to another person's story because they don't just come up with ideas like usually yeah. it's over time we develop mm-hmm. and how we think about particular things and so from that space I started to see like oh the world doesn't all think like they don't all think like I think you mm-hmm. know and oh, maybe I'm not right on everything but sounds really simplistic but I was like okay God so what should I be doing and I'd recently been exposed to JP2's theology of the body mm-hmm. and I really wanted to dive into that so I feel like the Lord was like well I made women so if you want to know what it means to be a woman like I could probably tell you yeah. and I'm like yeah. okay yeah. great so I, I went into theology from that perspective but I kept studying the sciences mm-hmm. and then I was largely involved with a um, women's new life clinic so a crisis pregnancy center of sorts but it's, it's kind of more than that it's also a women's health clinic that mm-hmm. we do you know, free pregnancy, like counseling and mm-hmm. free ultrasounds. But as a crate model practitioner, the flip side is also meeting women where they are in their needs, just their fertility at large. So mm-hmm. infertility or 
you know, they want to know how to space out their children for natural family planning, those kinds of things. And mm -hmm. so as I was completing my master's degree, um, honestly, the opportunity, it just, it sort of just fell in my lap. Like it, people would tell me about this program and I was very interested in it. And then I just was like, you know, let me just apply and see what happens. Yeah. And then boom. That's, it's really, that's in the scriptures, isn't it? Right. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. Uh, tightly packed, shaken down, pressed together, mm. will fall into your lap. Yeah. You know, and literally, I, I suspect that's where we get the phrase from. But yeah, it's really interesting that if you're saying, okay, Lord, I, I want to know what you want me to do mm -hmm. as I'm making my way forward. Yeah, that's how the Lord works. And you, I really you, believe the Holy Spirit is like, he's that string within all of our life decisions. And yeah. it's even the things that we're like, oh, maybe that wasn't quite what I should have done. Mm -hmm. He literally goes through, so every class I've taken, Every young woman I've encountered, whether in college ministry or high school speaking, or the moms I encounter in a lot of the talks that I'll give, yeah. everything has been preparation to be in the place that I am right now, which is writing a dissertation mm -hmm. on women's health. I feel like every single person, every single event, you know, has yeah. been in preparation for that. So I'm just grateful. Mm -hmm. and, and I bet with Kathleen, I bet because you've worked in this field as well, mm -hmm. that those stories are so important. Yeah, you know, and, and, it, and when you work, in, you're, like you're so right when you're talking about that everyone does have a story and it's important. We've talked about this so much on, on this show, or I have, um, is that it's like when we stop listening to each other, mm. when we stop learning how to discuss, when we start, mm -hmm. when we stop learning from each other, you know, that's when we get in trouble as a society as a whole. Right. And so, you know, it's so important. I think this, this study and our, our experience in this, in this realm, um, you know, to be so, to be open uh, but to know our stuff, to know the truth. Exactly. You know? And I think, so John Paul II is my hero, and I could talk about him for hours. Right. I'll spare you so. all. But <laughs> He's a good hero to have. But I think the thing that has inspired me most recently, especially in my dissertation, is that he was unafraid to sit across the table from someone who clearly disagreed with him on some major issues, yeah. right? Like, he could sit across the table from a communist, and he wasn't expecting to change the right. person's mind, but he, he knew that the truth can stand on its own. And so mm -hmm. he was able to look the other person in the eyes and listen to what they're mm -hmm. bringing to the table quite literally and then be able to respond like, I hear what you're saying here. And I'm good. he's not afraid to share the truth, yeah. but the truth doesn't have to destroy the other person, right? right he's right, like, right. they're free to choose. I, like he can never go against their freedom just like the Lord, but in love, he's always gonna offer it. Yeah. yeah. What is that, and you're gonna, uh, you might be able to fill in this. I don't, I'm blanking on who said it, but paraphrasing. Like you, you don't always have to defend the truth. It's like a lion. Sometimes you just let it go, and it mm. defends itself. Is that Captain of Siena? Mm, I think. I don't even it. know. That's amazing. I think so. But it's like you, know, as as someone who, you know, as all of us, you know, sitting at this table, you know, theologians, <laughs> and I use that no, word. No, Augustine. Yeah. Okay. Augustine. Okay. Yeah. Okay. The you truth know. is like a lion. You don't have to defend it. Let it loose. It will defend itself. It will defend itself. Yeah. Wow. You know, there's so many okay. times where I'm like. No, like this is a trope. Like you, you must become the lion, it, you know? <laughs> yeah. and it's like that has been such a freedom for me in, in the last I don't know five or so years to really um, sit with that and just be like, I I'm gonna tell you the truth, and I've said that to to students before. Yeah. You know, I'm like I'm gonna tell you the truth. What you do with that truth is is you like, and yeah. and the Lord is gonna gonna now that you know the truth. You got the Lord, and the Lord's gonna follow. You know, He's gonna follow you anyway. But you're gonna have to wrestle with that. You know, mm -hmm. with the Lord, and I'm here to to help with that. But yeah, here's the truth. You know? Yeah, yeah, I, that's always a challenge, even as a pastor of souls, to uh, 
In fact, so far at every parish that I've been assigned the pastor in the last decade or so of my life, um, I say, and I, and I mean this without any um, pretense, like I don't have much to give you. Mm. As, as Chris Decker, I don't have much to give you. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I do have is I know that I, I have the, the, the possession of the fullness of truth because I'm a Catholic, right? And we know that it's there. And, and I, will, I will share with you the deposit of faith presumably in charity. That's going to be my desire, is yeah. to share the deposit of faith with you in charity. And I'm not always going to get that right. But the, the beauty of, of, again, listening to the stories of people is that you realize that the other person is not an object for me to conquer. Mm. It's not an object for me to, to encounter and then say, okay, where's my t-shirt? Because I've had right. that encounter. But it's a person who, as you say, not everybody thinks the same way that I do. Not everybody processes things the same mm-hmm. way that I do. How do I bring them to the deposit of faith and to the fullness of truth that we are given in, in Scripture and sacred tradition, but perhaps in a way that is tailor-made to how the Lord made them? Ooh, yeah. You know? Which reminds me, we were talking before the show, but there's a book by Cardinal George that I really love. I've read recently called The Difference God Makes. Mm. Highly recommend it, but it's all about the concept of dialogue and yeah. to be part of the culture, right? If you want to truly dialogue with culture, um, then we have to first love the culture. And so there yeah. is something to be said for, okay, we come from a particular culture as Americans, as people from the South, you know, yeah. and, but there's a gift there is that before we're like pointing the finger at, oh, here's all the bad things, you know, mm-hmm. it's like, no, I, I love the culture. And so I want to be able to look it in the eyes yeah. and look whomever in the eyes in love and say, this is what I have to offer instead of just like turning our backs on it. You know? Yeah, because right. so many dialogues nowadays are just simply unilogues. They're monologues, yeah. you know. And, uh, and we all know, Jeff, that, uh, that usually only a villain monologues before they unleash their plan. So, so we need more dialogue because we're not talking about pitting two villains against each other. We're right. talking about persons trying to, to simply work our way through life together. Mm-hmm. And that's what we understand. We talk about the mystical body of Christ is that we're not these unilateral islands unto ourselves. Right. And so, um, and so we'll talk very much about that in, in our next segment uh, where we start talking about what the world, how the world sees this very field that you're going to be diving into yeah. as, as a doctor, right? Uh, in, in the, in, I, I, so a doctor of, of bioethics would be a doctor of philosophy, right? Or is that a... Um, I mean, technically speaking, mm-hmm. yeah. It's, it's from a pontifical university, so... Oh, very nice. Theology or philosophy, I guess you could go with that. Yeah, yeah. well, uh, we'll talk more about that. But first, we are the Catholic Underground. That's right. Uh, you have found your way into Catholic Underground. Uh, we are a podcast... And we are a video cast, actually. You can watch us on Catholic Faith Network, on Catholic uh, Television, and uh, anywhere these fine products are sold uh, yep. for free, actually. I'm Father Chris, joined by Kathleen. We've got Sarah in for Olivia this week. Jeff Blackwell is in space, as is Ed. And, uh, of course, uh, our picks of the week are going to be coming up at the very uh, tail end of the show. And uh, we're talking with Sarah Denny, and she is um, all about bioethics and every little thing that that involves. And I thought, I thought it might be helpful for uh, some of our listeners and viewers to, to kind of talk about the, the theology of the body slash sex education piece to that. Mm-hmm. Because nowadays, sex education, that phrase is so loaded. Ooh, it's charged. It is charged, right. It's charged yep. partially because of Planned Parenthood. It's charged partially because of, of like political footballs that are being bandied about. Yeah. And it's even charged in Catholic circles because we don't know how to define it 
without looking at these other sorts of things. Absolutely. And so I thought maybe, you know, how does the, the world around us, our culture view that very notion of sex education? Yeah, so, so my dissertation topic is actually proposing what I would call a third way, so a middle ground mm-hmm. um, option for sex education. So between what's, so there's, there's two dominant models of sex education that exist currently in the States. One would be a comprehensive sex education, which is focused on what they call risk reduction. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so they go into the schools, this typically happens in public schools, Planned Parenthood is the number one like, like machine, I call it a machine, but yeah. place that provides sex education in the nation. Um, and what they do in terms of risk reduction is they're gonna give you a lot of the science, but it's usually related to how to reduce the risk of getting pregnant. Uh-huh. Now, also to, you know, from getting STDs and things like sure. that. Um, so it, it's largely focused on, you know, they, they do have videos, I will say, on their website. I don't recommend you go watch them, but they have now on their own website. Um, it's, it's a bot, so it's just this automatic thing, just so you know this exists out there, because mm-hmm. I think it's important for parents to know, but um, you can ask any question you want to ask, and it, it prides itself on ask us the questions that you're afraid to ask an adult in real life. Oh. And you can ask any question whatsoever. And the artificial any intelligence will it answer it for you. About whatever topic, yeah. Hmm. So, so that's out there. But when they go into the schools, it's largely focused on what forms of contraception can we use? Like this is how you use a mm-hmm. condom, these sorts of things. Yeah. Well, it seems to me that, that just the notion of looking at, um, at, our, at our biology as a risk to be reduced yeah. seems mm-hmm. a bit objectifying. Now, obviously, I'm speaking as a priest and, you know, somebody who, who understands philosophy and theology, you know. Yeah. But, but that, that, it se- that seems loaded on the front end. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, well, and I can take it then, you know, as a woman. So I feel like we sometimes people will hear a priest or men speak and they're like, you can't say that. Like, yeah. And I'm like, OK, well, I'm a woman. So let mm-hmm. me tell you what I know. Mm-hmm. And as a crate model practitioner, I know the ins and outs of a woman's reproductive cycle. Right. And the reality is that our bodies have a lot to say to us. And as yeah. a culture, what we have done, and especially in the medical field, is that we treat fertility like a disease. Uh-huh. I mean, the reality is- So we is, silence what our body is saying. Yeah. Absolutely, and like chemically manipulate and shut it down. Most adolescent women, I mean, if you go into a room and you have 300 girls and you say, raise your hand if you've been offered the pill for acne or a headache, right. or I don't really know why you're tired, or oh, your cycle isn't working. The way Early onset should. cankle. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> something, anything. I mean, like 90% of them would be on the pill. Really? Yeah. Or at least I should say 90% would be offered, most of them would be on the pill. It might yeah. be more offered, actually. I mean, I've usually when I ask this question, all but one raises their hand. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I know, I know from, like, from my own experience and, and being involved in this topic is like, look, something is, ro- you know, something is wrong with you. So let's, you know, maybe you have, you know, a, a weird cycle. You know, let's put you on birth control to regulate your cycle. And then when you like want to have babies, you have to get off of birth control. So and none of that is like none. Of, there's no after looking. it's already done the work of. Well, and and we haven't fixed anything. Like I haven't fixed anything. Yeah. You know so, what I mean? So I mean, this is the reality. Is so it, I almost I would like to say I think it's schizophrenic the way that the culture treats women's yeah. fertility, right? Mm-hmm. So so the kind of like duct taping around your car, no matter what's wrong with it. Yeah, and then you're expecting when you take that duct tape off, it's going to not just run, but run really well. Yeah, uh-huh. like and a then, new car. So you think about so the younger population, there's all these studies that have come out in terms of hormonal contraception's effect on adolescent women's bodies. Mm-hmm. The things that I find the most interesting are the effects of the central nervous system. So mm-hmm. they're finding that the brain development is actually akin to in utero, right? You're, you're sensitive to, to a lot of things that are happening. Sure. And there's a neuroplasticity. So there's this window, right, in which things are ebbing and flowing and changing, but that window 
is dependent upon a woman for female. It's dependent upon how her cycle changes yeah. the levels of her hormones, right? Oh, right, yeah, well that makes sense because all of those glands, right, that are mm -hmm. active have a direct effect on your central nervous system. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Because that's what they're, that's what yeah. they're tied and up in. hormones yeah. are like the superheroes in a lot of ways in terms mm -hmm. of our bodies. And so what's happening is these women are not being given that opportunity to mm -hmm. then develop in that way, which they've found can affect behavior patterns down the line. But the other thing too is that window will close at a certain point and most women still aren't off the pill, mm -hmm. you know, until after yeah. that window closes, they might be on it past 25. And then when they get off the pill, like people are wondering, well, so the CDC says that they pride themselves on, we're, we're trying to not just prevent pregnancy, but we're trying to help with infertility. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, this is ridiculous, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Because the very thing that you're putting into women's bodies and encouraging them to be on has a huge part to play sure. in why infertility is on the rise. You can't yeah. expect to chemically manipulate a woman's body for more than half of her life, yeah. and then take her off of that. I mean, she's not a robot and she's not an animal, no. right? She's a person, and right. it's not this Band-Aid approach. Mm -hmm. It's disrespectful to women. And and the other thing, obviously, I could talk about this forever. I'm getting sure. a fired. Yeah. It's my Sorry. favorite thing. <laughs> it's okay. um, is that you know the reality is, is we live in a first world country. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How do we live in a first world country? And I mean, if you go on the street, I'd love to do an interview with the average woman on the street. They are not going to know, like eighty percent. Yeah. of just the there is so much beauty to a woman's reproductive cycle mm -hmm. it's incredible when i see certain things like the slides mm -hmm. of the ferning pattern of cervical mucus which takes different forms depending on the estrogen of the progesterone which is going to either aid the sperm or prevent it from traveling to mm -hmm. the egg right it's phenomenal like you yeah. look at that and you're like there's totally a god like yeah. there's no yeah. way there yeah. can't yeah, yeah, be yeah. a god and that to me if you want authentic empowerment for women mm -hmm. you give them knowledge so yeah. this is my argument you give them knowledge and we respect a woman's freedom enough to give her the knowledge and then to say, okay, this is also part of like her, her integration as a human sure. being. Sure. Woman has an access, like through our cycles, mm -hmm. women have an opportunity to literally connect with their very body. So my body's not a tool, this thing that's mm -hmm. like a separate right. from me. My yeah. body is part of my person and Correct. I can come to read these signs. We call them biomarkers, right? I can observe them and then I can say, oh wait, so this time of the month, no wonder why I'm really tired or no wonder yeah. why I just want to cry, even though like everything's really yeah. okay. Mm -hmm. And you learn, instead of being afraid of our bodies, instead of being like, it's not a biological determinism. I'm not determined by like, oh, I feel sad right now. It's because yeah. oh our gosh, bodies are not a disease. Yeah. That's the other part exactly. of it too, right? Exactly. So it's, it's what John Paul II talks about, honestly. He mm -hmm. says, integration is such that the person comes to know about themselves from within. We have this inner subjectivity, this inner world. And mm -hmm. in that place, I learn how to govern myself because I am aware. And then from that self-governance, I am free. Like my freedom's not outside of me. No. I'm always free. And it's how I respond to the reality of who I am as Sarah, right? Mm -hmm. And it's, it's powerful. I mean, that's yeah. empowerment. So you talked about how the, the risk management mm -hmm. is, sounds very businessy, right? Business, oh, yeah. Businesses are all about risk management. It's very that's, efficient. That's one of the ways that- Not that, very successful, but- No, exactly, right. That's one of the ways that, that kind of public education looks at, at sex education. Right. Well, you said there was another one. It, so the other um, common model would be abstinence-only education. Okay. Um, and so that's when we, you know, kind of exactly what the name says, okay, abstinence-only. So don't mm -hmm. have sex before you get married. Mm -hmm. And I would say the weakness of that, which, so as a church, right? We're obviously teaching young people like sure. until you're married, like the, the moral law is this. Mm -hmm. um, and there's a lot to be said for that. But I think even with the church's model, there's, a, there's room for growth in the sense that I think as human persons, right? We are both body and soul. So mm -hmm. as this composite, there's so much to understand about the person. And as a woman, my body affects my person because it's me, yeah. right? So 
So what I'm arguing is that the gift of the church is that we have theology of the body. And that is like yeah. the tool. I think most abstinence-only programs up to this point, they most of them don't even know what theology of the body is. It's just... Don't do this. Yeah, crap. don't do this. Mm-hmm. And you're like, okay. Yeah, and yeah, like, yeah. Wait, and, you know, and just as a human person and the reality of like, passions and emotions and feelings like that's only going to get a 16 year old boy with hormones raging and a girl so far right i mean that's just reality and the flip side of that is that even as a church i think there's room for inviting people into this conversation in such a way that we tell teenagers like but you know what even if you do Mm -hmm. yeah break the moral like even if you go too far like we still love you yeah because the reality is like we have to have these conversations with teens so they don't feel because our it's not that Catholics don't get abortions, you know? Yeah. It's not that That's our teenage right. girls are not getting pregnant. Right. Right. But we have to be unafraid to talk with them about That's that. That's correct. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, and there, there are, I mean, this is, this is one of those topics, you talk about abortion, you talk about theology of the body, you talk about sex, abstinence, that nobody wants to talk about. They don't. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, it's like what are, my parents taught me not to yeah. talk about the dinner table. Religion, yeah. politics, I'm like, perfect. People ask me at yeah. dinner what I'm writing and I'm like, Ooh, yeah. you really want to go there? But that's such a disservice to, to people yeah. in general is when we don't talk about mm-hmm. it, mm-hmm. then when young people find themselves in those situations, they, they Google a bot. That's yeah. what I'm trying to say. It's not <laughs> exactly. a matter of if, but when. They're going to find uh-huh. the information yeah. somehow and I'd rather them find it from the love of the church that is and there, Yeah, and there's, there is, there's shame in that to yeah. approach mm-hmm. the place that should be you know the uh, the place of of love and and healing mm-hmm. and there's there is a complete well i did this so i can no longer be catholic right. yeah. and it's like Whoa. yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, and i was i was actually explaining a little bit of that in my homily today yeah. because when jesus talks about uh you know that apart from me you can do nothing mm-hmm. uh, i'm the vine my father is the vine grower and you are the branches and and you can't live as a branch disconnected from the vine right. but what jesus gives us through the church is the ability to, to miraculously be a branch that's separated and yet grafted back on. I mean, yeah. that's where reconciliation is. And, and that, that's that, that healing balm of the church. Well, sometimes, you know? sometimes our branch starts to wither and we turn around and go, well, guess I can't. And we cut that's it right. off ourselves. And that, it's like, wait. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, we, <laughs> we need to be true. pruned. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. so and we, we self-sever. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And then we go, well, I'm not on the vine anymore, so I might as well live it up because this is all there is. Yeah. And while there's still some nutrients in this dead stick, I'm going to do as much as I can with it before. And that's really how the world looks really at the body right, is, is as a stick that's dying. And so I got to do all these things that I can because being alive is just getting ready to be dead for a really long time. Mm-hmm. And, and that's just, a, well, it's a, it's a limited way. And it is a way that bespeaks of a culture that knows not its creator, that doesn't know mm-hmm. the vine grower, yeah. mm-hmm. you know? And so it's really interesting when you talk about the theology of the body and we will a little bit more um, that that's what John Paul II kind of puts forth yeah. is that within our own bodies we can ascribe things to our creator that is written in the way that our bodies work and move mm-hmm. and so um, with that tease we'll have to take a little bit of a break but stay right there the Catholic Underground st- uh, continues after this <laughs> Hail Holy Queen, Mother of Mercy, our life, our sweetness, and our hope. To Thee do we cry, poor banished children of Eve. To Thee do we send up our sighs, mourning and weeping in this valley of tears. Turn then, most gracious Advocate, 
thine eyes of mercy towards us, and after this our exile, show unto us the blessed fruit of thy womb, Jesus. O clement, O loving, O sweet Virgin Mary. Oh yeah, it is indeed the Catholic Underground. Uh, you found us, and we're glad you have. Happy to have you. You're always welcome on our welcome mat. I'm Father Chris, joined by Kathleen Lee. Sarah Denny joins us uh, as our fill-in, but it's like she's been here forever. Yeah. <laughs> also, we got Jeff up in space and Ed running the video on our video feed. By the way, if you do like to watch uh, Catholic Underground happening, you can do so uh, on Sunday evenings on Facebook, on YouTube, and, um, well... I think at CatholicUnderground.tv, and uh, you can join in the chat as many of you are doing, and uh, watch along with us. We've been talking about, uh, well, quite honestly, sex education. We've been talking about the beauty of the body, uh, what the world says about how we're made, and then what God tells us through our bodies about how we are made, and I dare say even why we are made. Mm -hmm. And so Sarah Denny is joining us uh, because she has a particular uh, field of study in women's studies, but also working its way into the bioethical field. So looking at the morality, looking at the ethics from a medical standpoint, looking at how the body's made, its biology, and all these things, mm -hmm. and you're attempting to bring them together. Yes. Um, like, like, one would, like one would build a bridge, perhaps. Exactly. You know, all of these little strands come together and make a cable, and before you know it, you've got the thing that suspends the bridge. Mm-hmm. So. And I would say that the, the bridge actually is the human body. I mean, that's, that's the linchpin. If we understand the body from both a biological perspective as mm -hmm. well as a philosophical, theological reality, mm -hmm. then we understand the person in ways that I think we've just missed up to this point. Which is exactly what the documents of the Second Vatican Council tell us in Lumen Gentium, right? Uh, that, uh, no, it's Gaudium Spes. That it is Jesus Christ himself who reveals man to himself most mm -hmm. perfectly. Mm -hmm. And so if we want to know who God is, then we really only need to look to the biology of Jesus Christ and the humanity of Jesus Christ and then therefore his divinity as well. Which on that point, just to know, I, one of my favorite things about that too is, you know, that's on the cross. I mean, this is what he is saying, literally with his body. He mm -hmm. is speaking the words that he spoke the night before. He's saying, this is my body given up for you. Yeah. And so too then we see like God didn't just pop into the world as a two-year-old you know he went through the yeah. very human reality of being within the womb of a woman and so mm -hmm. to our lady in mm -hmm. and through her body said and just like every mother says i mean if you if you look at a, a the, the table upon which a woman if she has to have a c-section and she's mm -hmm. in surgery i mean it's 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 cruciform in yeah. a certain sense you yeah. know and she's saying like this is my body given up for you mm -hmm. um so i just i think that's incredible how the lord it's it's true he's stamped right in our very bodies our vocation yeah. And our vocation is self-donation and self-gift. Mm -hmm. and, so. and he's more than willing to do that for us. Mm. And whenever we experience those crucifixive moments in our lives. Which will definitely come. <laughs> yeah, which will definitely Bloody come. Bloody and messy and That's praise correct. God for the sacraments because the Eucharist is what gives us the grace to That's right, to exactly. And, and, and it is Jesus who reveals that to us. You know? um, yeah. So, so we, we know what um, the kind of the, the world, our culture, our our culture that's oriented towards death of being you know a stick in the mud as it were right yeah. um our culture that's oriented towards what john paul ii calls a culture of death mm -hmm. but what about we who are the children of light those who who have been enlightened by baptism those who even who are not baptized who are still called to the light that is the light of god um what what do we say what do we do because you know we certainly 
those of you, I mean, obviously I'm preaching to the choir here uh, for, for some of you, mm-hmm. but, um, but what do we do? Because I know the only field in which I have the ability to, to begin to, to say what the Lord says about my body is, is in the, the crucible of my family, right? The, the altar of my home, if I'm a parent. And then that then has to spill its way over into my parish life, into my civic life, and then certainly into the culture at large, because mm-hmm. that's yeah. really how these things flow outward, Absolutely. right? Yeah. You know? So, so what do what do we believe? What how does how does a an actual like Joe or Jane Catholic encounter, man, sex education? Uh, you know, uh, Johnny or, or or Karen perhaps, um, uh, <laughs> or, or, or ninth grade, they're going to be doing the sex education class. Yeah. So, what so do I do? I think number one is for parents. You know, any parents or grandparents. I want to say very clearly. There's no owner's manual to Mm. a child. And oftentimes I'm giving presentations and people are like, oh, I wish I would have known this before. And it's like, don't get caught up in what you didn't know before because God's mercy is such that he works everything together for good for those that love him. That's a promise in Romans 8, right? Mm -hmm. But now as a church, it's the reality is that John Paul II wrote Theology of the Body, right? Late 1970s, early 1980s, it was delivered as a series of audiences. But Theology of the Body is a reflection of the gospel, right? What he's he's tapping into is the lens of the gospel seen through mm-hmm. the love between man and woman because he is showing us that between man and woman there is such a spousal love that is the the dissimilarity is always greater than the similarity but it reflects to us on this side of heaven it's the greatest analogy of what the love of god is because it's an invitation to lay down your life for the beloved right, right. and there's a mutual submission under christ's headship like which is from, why it even gets raised to the dignity of a sacrament yes, of marriage right it's beautiful yeah. exactly mm-hmm. Um, but as, as parents, I, I just encounter, they're like, well, wait, I don't, I don't know this. I don't know that. And I'm like, it doesn't matter what you do or you do not know. I will say the most important thing you can do for your child is to have the conversation. Yeah. The temptation is to be so overwhelmed, but what you don't know mm-hmm. that you then in fear, and I understand it on a human level, but in fear, you don't have the conversation at all. And that is where we have missed the mark, right? right. Is that, you know, the family is the basic unit of society. The family is where the child is going to learn mm-hmm. love. Also, how to deal with conflict. And the reality is, no family is perfect. Unless no. for the Holy Family, right. so it's gonna yeah, be pretty right. messed up. So don't get caught up in the, all the things I'm gonna do wrong, yeah. but if you can look your son or daughter in the eyes, and if they can hear from a place of love, that out of love you are saying, hey, there's things that are happening in your body as you grow and as you change that like you can understand too, because you were an adolescent, right. but that there's also, there's choice points, mm-hmm. right? And to, to know yourself enough and to know the gift of who you are enough that love sometimes says no mm-hmm. and love sometimes says yes. That's right. But it depends upon like what is happening in your life. And th- what the church is inviting us to realize is that marriage is, I would describe it as the only sacrament that's strong enough, right? It's, it's the only union that's strong enough to hold the weight of something as heavy and sacred as human sex. Mm-hmm. Because if you're going to be that close to someone, I mean, there, there is no, it's not like, oh, yeah, 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 we're just, I'm like, no, you are not. Like the hormones that are oxytocin, the bonding hormone, all these kinds of things we go into in a scientific perspective that confirm what the church knows just about the human person from a philosophical perspective, right? And these conversations are important mm-hmm. because if we don't have them with our children, they're going to find, yeah, they're going to go to the bot. They're going to go to the bot or they're going to go to the locker room. And there's no uh, shame in them. This is the thing. No. There's no shame in them wanting to no, know. No, absolutely they not. They need yeah. to ask these questions. Yeah. We yeah. just need to not run from them when they're that's asking correct. them. That's correct. And and that's that's the little Gnostic heresy that's present in our society today mm-hmm. is is the truth about our bodies, the truth about sex is not hidden knowledge. Mm-hmm. It's not. It's not hidden knowledge. 
it's revealed to us in our very bodies, and it's revealed to us by, by the sources that can tell us the truth. Amen. You know, and that's why Genesis doesn't shy away from that. That's why right. the Old Testament doesn't shy away from it. That's why the New Testament doesn't shy away from it. Have you read Paul's letters lately? He spends a good deal of time talking about morality. Why? Because people, when their bodies say yes and they should say no, the church then has to enter into that realm and say, okay, well, let's look about how, why we are made. What, what are we doing? Exactly. You know? And it, it really comes down in this culture, especially to right the word freedom. What's mm-hmm. freedom? Like reproductive autonomy, yeah. women's rights, all these things. Yeah. And if freedom is not that thing that's outside of that, you can like legalize for me, but as a human person from within, I'm free to choose Mm -hmm. in any moment. I am the only one that can choose for Sarah if Mm -hmm. I am truly free. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's training the person to see that sometimes my body is going to desire or want certain things Mm -hmm. that in the moment, the objective truth tells me this is not what's good for me or for this other person. And so it's not because I hate my body. No, It's the very opposite. Right, it's right, because right. I love my body, myself, and this person in such a way that I'm going to lay, because freedom isn't the end in itself. Mm-hmm. The reality of the, what the church is teaching, what, what the church can offer the conversation in sex education is that freedom, when it's not given away, you enter into despair, right? Yeah. Yeah. But freedom is meant for love. It exists, quote from JP2, is freedom exists for the sake of love, mm-hmm. right? We're meant to... Like he says, and I think it's Scotty Metzbest as well, it says, you know, man can only find himself through a sincere gift of self. That's right. You yeah. know, and in a culture, for some people, the gift language is really difficult. They're like, you can't tell me what to right, do. Right, and right. it's like, mm-hmm. okay, when you, when you take away all the charge components of it and you just back up and you say, but who wouldn't want a person to look at them and say, you know what? I know all those pieces about you that maybe you're, you're really struggling with that you struggle to accept about yourself and I love you there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's right. That's what human love is called to be. But, but the divine, the grace is what gives us that strength. So the church has a lot to offer the conversation in sex education. And it's more than just like don't have sex until you're married. No, right. Right. And, and theology of the body, that to me is a huge, one of the key components mm-hmm. is what theology of the body says is that, look, God made you in such a way that your body has this sacramental reality. Your body in a physical sense reveals who you are mm-hmm. as a person right and in and through your body you speak a language so i I tell teenagers i'm like look you go into a job interview if you throw your keys on the table and you sit back with your arms crossed you're speaking a language you're saying a lot even if you say no words and even girls i would counsel um who were in crisis pregnancy situations right i mean they they can understand that they can understand like oh when i do this Mm -hmm. it communicates to him this Mm -hmm. right right, Right? right. Mm -hmm. and so i think there's just like that's where the invitation comes in as a church and I say this, a lot of people, they're like, theology of the body, what? And I'm not saying you have to go read all those audiences because right. they're it's, it's thick, thick, right? Thick. Yeah, and we mean that the way that it's actually defined. Yeah, it's yeah. actually yeah. Mm-hmm. this big. Yeah. Um, but truly, it's an invitation to speak from a place of honesty as a man or as a woman to the people in your life that you care about, to the young people that are looking up to you and say, hey, I know this is awkward for both of us, mm-hmm. right. but your desires are good. Yeah. yeah. Your sexual passion is actually good. That's not the problem. You're not the problem. But there's, when you live your life in a way that you're living in truth, I'm not saying it's going to be perfect. It's yeah. not a providence gospel. Right. But there's a fuller freedom that you can experience in abundance. God wants abundance for your life. Mm-hmm. That in a sense, there's a merciful, it's like a padded playground, right? Yeah. Like he's guiding you to then so that when you're ready to have children, because, you know, girls can understand this. When I talk to them, like think about the difference between a 15-year-old who gets the pregnancy test and it's positive mm-hmm. versus, you know, the 28-year-old 
who's yeah. married gets a pre- they're both crying but why are they they're crying for very different That's reasons right. and it's not because she's a horrible person no it's because sex is so very good yes that yeah. god and his desire for man and woman is that you would be with a person who is like i am giving literally their body is communicating what they're willing to say with their words and their That's words right. are communicating what they're willing to say with their bodies they're not being duplicitous it's yeah. i give my whole self to you no matter what the end result is Saint Saint John in the uh, in the scriptures today in, in the letter today mm-hmm. uh, the second reading, that's effectively what what John is saying. He says um, in uh, in his first letter, he says, "Children, let us love not in word or speech, but in deed and truth." Mm-hmm. And that's really what mm-hmm. the the step up to to marriage is. It's saying, "I'm willing to love in deed." In fact, we don't we say that. That's like the 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 pejorative thing is. To have sex is to do the deed, right? Well, what John is telling us in his letter is, let us love not in word or speech, but let us love in deed and truth. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. deed and truth are, are written in the very ways that our bodies desire to pour ourselves out for, for the other. Absolutely. You and know? a point of that, that I just, I love how you said that, Father, because of course the Holy Spirit would plan it that way. <laughs> um, but, but truly, in what the culture wants us to think is that sex is this isolated act of recreation, yeah. right? And right. doesn't matter who do it, doesn't matter when, whatever. Okay, well, let's watch, you know, rom-com and like, wow, that was the first date. There yeah. they go. They don't even mm-hmm. know each other's name. We don't know. The reality is that there's so, we're, we're like drowning mm-hmm. in all this information about mm-hmm. sex. Everyone's talking about sex. But if we stop and think about it, we're like, no one's really talking about it. Yeah. Like in the depths of what that means. Yeah. And, and sex, what the Lord intends for us is that it is one part of the grander picture yeah. of this, I say adventure, people might think it's cheesy, but it's truly, I'm like, you want a human adventure, you love a person, and you That's commit right. to them for the rest of your life. Yep. Like, and yeah. that is what Christ is inviting us to. No matter what your vocation is, it's, it's gonna look different, but it's mm-hmm. real, right? Mm-hmm. And it, when you look in the eyes of another person, it's like, I can either run from this or I can show up, like we're talking right. about show up, right? That's right? And so, if you look at it from that perspective, that there's a much wider perspective, and we teach youth, like, no, sex is one piece of a grander picture. Yeah. Um, that for instance, you know, they say like, they'll say sex begins in the kitchen. Like that's not something to be afraid to tell young people. It's mm-hmm. like, what are they saying? Indeed and in truth, like mm-hmm. you're helping the woman clean the kitchen. Yep. What a man is communicating to a woman in that position is, I care about you yeah. for more than just this physical pleasure we can have at this other time. But it's like, I that's care right. about your whole person. I want you to feel supported. Right. And so often, you know, I mean, it says in Genesis, what we're talking about, this isn't a lived easy reality just because we know the truth, right? No, it's like, right. it's very clear. He will put enmity between the woman and the man. Mm-hmm. Your desire shall be for your husband and he shall rule over you. Mm-hmm. And I mean, they are good Catholic men and they are good Catholic women. And we are constantly like, we have to face ourselves yeah. and our poverty, right? And mm-hmm. what's the struggle in loving another person? And if we can show adolescence, like sex is one piece of this grander invitation to learn how to love, yeah right, then things can become a little bit more clear. And so even though you might not have the words, mm-hmm. by your example to your children, you are the best sex educators on the planet. That's right, yeah. that's right. Do not, you, there's no perfect way. There's no perfect way. But if you can show up and speak truth in mm-hmm. love, mm-hmm. and you can admit when you've fallen, yeah. and you're like, dang Johnny, like I'm really sorry, that was, yeah. you know, yeah. that was a really selfish move of mine, I apologize. Or, you know, even as, I can't imagine, I'm not a dude, but like, so imagine like a, a man looking at his son and being like, you know, the way I spoke to your mother yeah. last night, mm-hmm. in the moment, I really enjoyed that, but after the fact, that was completely disrespectful. Like that yeah. is authentic sex education because sex is not the only thing. Sex is right. one part, our sexuality is a part of our humanity. Mm-hmm. That's right. you're, you're educating them in what it means to be human. Which is why we talk about the crisis of manhood. 
the crisis of manhood is not the physical act of, of men being able to have sex. The crisis of manhood yeah. is not understanding what it means to be a man, yeah. right? Uh, to what it means to be made in God's image and likeness as one who offers himself as gift. Exactly. Right? And uh, we, we feel the same way. I guess you could say there's a crisis of womanhood, you know? Absolutely. Of, yes. of not, <laughs> is, that, is that correct, Kathleen, yeah, who speaks I'm, Yeah, I'm just, about you know, I was just things? thinking about, Sarah, yeah. as you were saying, like, um, you know, just the example of, of what, what real, like the reality of it is, is that, you know, we have all these things on TV that are, you know, all these celebrities and all these people who are just like, all, like really celebrated for their promiscuity and mm -hmm. they're, you know, they are going out with 50 different people. And then yeah. like, it's like a, it's like a VH1 behind the scenes, like story you find out. Yeah, it's always a crash and burn. <laughs> that they're, that they were like, what is my life? Mm -hmm. And yeah. I'm like, I know, I know where, I know, I know, like, let me, you know, because I know a little bit of theology of the body, and I'm like, mm -hmm. oh, and you see it in such a different view, and when working with young people, you see them, like, idolize, you know, so-and-so, because she wore nothing on stage at the, yeah. you know, the mm -hmm. award show, and they're like, that's so awesome, and I'm like, as, an, as someone who knows, mm -hmm. you know, like, she's hurting. She, yeah, she's, she's wearing, hurting. Yeah, she's uh hurting. She's hurting, and he is hurting, and, and they're yeah. hurting each other, and they're like, what you know and, and that that's the reality of it yeah. and and nobody ever shows that on any you know music which is video why, which or is why kathleen don't you think it's interesting that whenever somebody nowadays that celebrates 25 years of marriage right you know the fatted calf is killed yeah because we mm -hmm. think that that's a thing you yeah. know that that's yeah. somehow miraculous i don't know how yeah. you've done it well we don't either and that's the mystery of how yeah sex works right yeah. because sex is a much larger picture right. it's our bodies revealing a deeper mystery unto each other for the totality of our life mm -hmm. you know which is also if i may why celibacy is important in the life of the church Absolutely. because it shows that in the midst of all the stuff that's happening between husband and wife as as our sex is revealing something about our relationship in a grand scale the priest then stands at the at the head of the church offering sacrifice and he's pointing you even farther. Mm -hmm. If you think that this grand adventure that is that is your sexual relationship one to another, revealing one to each other through self-gift, both the physical act and in the unfolding of the life of the mm -hmm. family, just wait. Yeah. Just you yeah. wait. Because the, the holy communion that you receive at Mass in the state of grace is going to propel you towards a relationship that is going to surpass even the best moments of your marriage. Absolutely, and that's, so Theology of the Body, just for those that don't know, to give you a really quick crash course, um, it starts with talking about original man, right? Mm -hmm. So what was it like before the fall? And I think yeah. that's a powerful thing for anyone of any age, like because yeah. God, his original plan for us was not this enmity between man and woman. No. Right, right, we right. were at, you know, in perfect communion with ourselves, with each other, with nature, right, mm -hmm. with the Lord. And then original sin broke all of that. And so in Christ, so the next, the second part, right, is historical man, as we are in history. And Christ right. enters, this is the beautiful thing, is like the incarnation is that God in his divinity decided, I will take on humanity myself. And then he showed us, and again, in and through his very body, the theology mm -hmm. of the body is that the body speaks the language, right, right. and communicates to the us. The word is made flesh, even mm -hmm. before he speaks. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. And so he shows us, like, this is what it means. Like, this is what we're called to. Like, the mm -hmm. new Eve the new Adam. Mm -hmm. The new Adam says, over my dead body will you get to her. And the new Eve says, I will allow for you to do this for me yeah. and receives it, right? And they both, 
they both suffer a crucifixion, right? Mm -hmm. His is a physical, hers is the spiritual, but they both experience that death. That's right. And so too, Mm -hmm. like this is what marriage is, but the third part of theology of the body is this eschatological man, this eschatological vision, meaning at the end time. And the beautiful thing is that every single woman is called to be a daughter, and then as she grows, a sister, from there, right, a bride and a mother. Every single man is called to be a son, a brother, a husband, and a father. Yeah. And on a spiritual level, that's every single human person. Yes, some might participate in all of those in the biological capacity, but your life does not lack value if you don't have that because first and foremost, it comes through the spiritual. So your life, Father, testifies to the fact that ultimately in heaven, where God said there will be no marriage, which don't get me wrong, sometimes I'm like, come on, Lord, why why would you do that? He's God, I'm not. The point is such that marriage is the mirror on this side of heaven that reflects back to me and to the world this is how God loves. So why do people struggle with who God is? I mean, the divorce rate right now, how high is that, right? Huh. That is our greatest analogy. Our great, yeah. It's like we took the hammer and we smashed it, but there's always hope. Mm-hmm. And hope comes through grace, right? The grace of the sacraments is God's putting those pieces back together. Yep. And then he's able to say through eschatological man, through the hope that we have in heaven, he's saying, look, I'm having it better for you than if this had never happened because, oh, happy fault, right? Mm-hmm. I've now become man myself, and I'm bringing all of you with me through to eternity. So right. that for the rest of eternity, for the rest of your existence, because you will exist for forever, you will never be separated from me again. Mm-hmm. And that is why, Jeff, in the book of Revelation, the, the, the feast that is the mass that never ends in eternity mm-hmm. is, in fact, a wedding banquet. Dun, da, da. Mm-hmm. I love you it. Go. Spoiler alert, we know how it ends. The bride, they come. Exactly. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. So, um, so that has been Sarah Denny and the work that she's doing. And, uh, in a nutshell. That's right. And, Every and 400 pages of that. I was going to say, and furthermore, that. trying to wrap up uh, your dissertation I, I, at this point. Yes. Uh, so uh, wh- whenever in time you're watching this, if you're watching it this week or if you're watching it um, sometime in the year 3029, um, <laughs> because Jesus is Lord of time, you can pray for Sarah. Oh, I would really appreciate yeah. that. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, please do. Um, because as you can imagine, um, both Sarah and Kathleen have fantastic work to do in the apostolate. That is, uh, that is life, Indeed. you know, in these, in these beautiful enclaves of the church in which you find yourself. And uh, that, that, that's what makes me, as a, a proud father, you know, to, to see this work in the apostolate that happens outside of the sanctuary, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I get, to, I get to feed the kids and then send them to school. So I love doing that. Father, we're you know? so grateful for you. You give the lay vocation the grace that we need to do what oh, we're well, to. And, it, and the beautiful thing about it is it is reciprocal, you know. Yeah. Um, you, you are the ones who allow me to be father and understand how I am husband, you know? Um, and you are the ones who allow me to understand what it means to be brother as well. And, and that's, uh, that's a great gift to the, to the celibate life, for sure. Yeah. So uh, you can see how all the pieces fit together, and that's why sex is good. You know what else is good? That part of the show that we like to call... The CU Pick of the Week. <laughs> and for our first Pick of the Week... Can I go to Sarah first? Yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, so, yeah, normally we would go to Kathleen in a guest hosting situation. Aww, much, to, much to Olivia's chagrin. That's right. So, so Sarah, <laughs> what, what do you got for us for a pick of the week? So there's a movie I watched for the first time a few weeks ago. It's called Babette's Feast. Mm-hmm. Um, highly recommend it. I think everyone should watch it because it, it basically talks about everything we talked about earlier. Not sex education per se, but the beauty of the Catholic vision, which is that the senses are very good. And in short, without giving the plot away, it's about a woman who has to go um, basically run from the country she's in because of fighting. And she lives with these two sisters. 
and then one day she offers to make them a feast. And you see, and I encourage you to watch it, and when you watch it, look at how even the colors change, but what it's, it's showing, and, and someone, a character in the movie actually comments on this, that when there's like a, a meal that you're eating and it's like phenomenal, mm-hmm. he compares it to like a love affair. Mm-hmm. There's this wedding of the spirit and the body and that's something that the Catholic like vision is trying to show us that we want to wed the two together so we don't need to be afraid mm-hmm. or ashamed of our desires or our senses, but we want to point them forward to that call of the spirit, right? To wholeness and to truth and to authentic right. love. So Babette's Feast, it's from 87. So, you know, it's not like recent, but it's a classic. Where can you find it? Like, is it on Netflix? Amazon? I would be willing to bet you it's streamable. On I, oh, yeah. it probably, and this is one of the ones, like, it's probably on some, like, Pope's top 100. Maybe someone told me that. I don't know. Top, I do believe 100. it is in the top 100. Like, it's a human the Vatican movie. list. Yeah. Everyone watch. should watch it for human form. That would not surprise me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I, I can say that it's been on my list to watch, but I haven't done it yet. I'm sorry. <gasps> You're going to love so, it. Yeah, I'll have to do that this week. In nah, my free time. Maybe. Yeah, in all your free time. Maybe right. not this Every week, now but. and then when I need like a, a little, you know, come down from red alert thing, I'll do. That's what I will do. There you yeah. go. Kathleen, uh, what is your pick of the week? Well, this week, if you're listening live, um, May, f- what's today? Second? I don't it is the second? Know. second? Who knows? You want to know why? Because I'm a teacher. I don't even know what plane <laughs> I'm on. That's where yeah. we're at. She knows Real it's life. somewhere near the end. Yes. Real life. Um, we, are, we are nearing the end. Um, <clears throat> but this week is Teacher Appreciation Week. Now. Yeah. Some would say that's timeless. Thanks, Thank Kathleen. <laughs> I um, I also heard today that so, so it was very sad. The teacher on TikTok was like, if your job has to have an appreciation week, and I was like, scroll next, because it was something like, <laughs> you know, but, oh, um, you know, this year. We don't year, appreciate y'all enough, especially this, this year. Well, look, um, we could have a whole show on that. <laughs> I do it for the children and the love of the Lord. <laughs> okay, um, but this week is Teacher Appreciation Week, and um, my school has put out a couple of things. They sent out something to the to teach to the parents. If if you're listening to this, you know, four weeks from now, guess what? It still can be Teacher Appreciation Week. Sure enough. So some things that that my school has put out. Um, Monday is cheers to my teacher. Bring a teacher their favorite beverage or a gift mm. card for coffee. Tuesday is you make us bloom, pick a flower, Whoa. or make a spiritual bouquet. Nice. Ooh. Uh, Wednesday is teachers are note worthy. Uh-huh. I encourage your students to make a handwritten card to bring to their teacher. Those things are, I'm like, every day when I'm I like. I think better in crayon. When I'm having a class where I'm like, turn on and be quiet. Somebody <laughs> comes up with like a, I do you this. I and I'm like. <laughs> um, Thursday is well we're having lunch so lunch is on us lunch is on them but um, and then Friday is our teachers are a gift to, the, to us and so they're encouraged oh. to to bring a that's small amazing. gift that's right not but, a um, ceramic apple no I mean you could, you could uh, that would be yeah. nice yeah Kathleen probably Paper doesn't weight. have a ceramic apple I don't I do not. But um, teachers, I can tell from, I can say from experience that this is not a cry for woe is me. No. It's been rough. It's been real yeah. rough. And so any little thing that, that, you know, that you can show your teachers, I guarantee you they'll appreciate it. Mm-hmm. There you go. Ding, ding. Uh, my pick of the week seems to pale in comparison. Oh, but oh I cool. like it. Show it. It oh. is. What? It is the Alex Ross Marvel Comics poster book. Nice. So Alex Ross is uh, an illustrator, and he grew up as a kid wanting to draw Marvel comics. He wanted to draw comic books. Ah. But he, uh, as he kind of grew up, he had a desire to learn, um, you know, basically figure drawing, so, so study art from life. And he always wanted the, the characters to be real. Yeah. And so he draws practically photorealistic renderings of the Marvel and DC characters. And he was asked to do a poster 
in the Marvel offices, or not a poster, but a, like a wall, a mural. Mm-hmm. And so these are all of the individual, let's see, like here's Thor. Um, he, he was asked to, to paint all of the individual um, Marvel Comics characters. Yeah. Uh, and then you have all the Im- individual ones and they can be posters in their own right. And then in the back of the book is the big poster itself of all of, there you, yeah. Yeah. Wow. So. Uh, for you listening on the radio, it's a heavy book, but oh it's uh, it, it clocks in at around $25. So it's not, really? yeah, That's not for, bad. for full no, color, because that was really for, impressive. For several hundred pages, well, it's not maybe a hundred pages, maybe 60 pages of, um, of artwork, of, of color artwork, and then a description of the Marvel character. So it's also a way to kind of look. Uh, and find some Marvel characters. What would you that, say uh, the dimensions yeah. are like? Is that like a fourteen? It's by uh, seventeen. Is it it maybe not quite it, sixteen by twenty. Okay, so so yeah, no, that's okay. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's a big book too. So uh, yeah, the Alex Ross Marvel Comics poster oh, book. Beautiful. Yeah. And uh, so that'll be my pick of the week. I'll put it in the show notes. Uh, the show notes are of course always at CatholicUnderground.tv, um, and you can search for our most recent episodes and you can go pretty much all the way back actually i wouldn't recommend stuff in the early catalog it's a little rough on you guys uh, it's because jeff wasn't on board yet in the early 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 days but you know what you've been helpful because as always the catholic underground is made possible by viewers and listeners and prayer warriors and benefactors like you you can become an official undergrounder just by listening to what jeff has to say yeah you go to catholic underground that is catholicunderground.com slash Donate. That's right. And some of you Please. did that this week, actually. So thank you. Wonderful. You can also help us out by letting others know about us. Isn't that right, Jeff? Yes, indeed. And, uh, you know, we need the stars, the hearts, the yeah. likes. The... All those little things you can click yeah. that and let other people know. Yeah, leave a review. Yeah, yeah you got it. By all it. means, say so and, and be nice. Yeah, please do. Please do. Uh, if if you want to write a nasty gram and send it to Kathleen, she'd love yeah. to read it and respond. Yeah, send it my way. That's she right. will respond. Let me she know. will respond. Speaking of which, our panelist has indeed been Kathleen Lee at Kaylee626 on Instagram. Thank you, Kathleen. Anytime. Also, the unrepeatable Sarah Denny, because that's how God made you. Today. That's right. We're glad that you're here. Thank, Thank you, Sarah. Thank you all so for, much for having me. Oh, yeah. You're really welcome back it. anytime. Thank sure. you. Yeah. And if I can plug really quick, go to yeah. naturalwomanhood.com or .org. That's going to give you a lot of research from the scientific perspective for Natural parents. Natural womanhood. Natural womanhood. Okay, all Highly right. recommend it. But thank you all for having me. This was such a joy. Oh, yeah, oh, for welcome. sure, for sure. Uh, Jeff Blackwell in space. Uh, he's our technical director at Jeff Blackwell is on Twitter. Privilege. Uh, Ed Ball is our video director. Jim Hayes is our research assistant with his crew in the lab. And you know me. I'm Father Chris Decker. You can find me on all the things at Digital Catholic is my handle. You've been listening to the Catholic Underground, cutting through the noise so that you can find that still small voice. We'll see you next time. From the Catholic Underground.